So yesterday morning, Jade, clockwise, he was there, 7.30 at my house. And this is what he did yesterday. He ran to my house. Where the rest of the other crew, they drove to my house. You know what I'm saying? So, but it was so amazing. Did another, oh yeah, uh, what's the name? Zane also ran. My bad, bro. My bad, my bad. So yeah, but we had a great time and we had more guys join us. So if anybody else want to run on a Saturday morning, 7.30, I did my second 3Ks. Hallelujah. All right. So if you guys want to do that, uh, we're turning Jeffreys Bay into a running town and not a surfing town anymore. Amen. All the surfers are like, no, bro, what are you talking about? All right. But anyway, um, we're talking about finishing strong. And yesterday when we were running, we went up this one hill. It was was rough yesterday. It was really, really rough. Uh, But there was a bunch of younger guys that were running with us. So they're making all the noise. Some of them were running backwards like this. You know, I was like, these are such show-offs, you know what I mean? And as we were running up up the hill, Martin came alongside of me and he started running with me. And Jade was probably like just in front of us. He was keeping the pace. And the next moment, all the noise that was there was getting quieter and quieter. (laughs) And I found myself amongst men that had wisdom. So so as we were busy running, myself and Martin and Jade were just sharing such incredible wisdom. And when we got down the road to my house, they were all already finished. You know, they finished the race and stuff. But I mean, sometimes it's not how you start, it's how you finish, amen? And we finished the race. I believe I finished very strong. Thanks, Jay. Credible witness in the house. Hallelujah. Great stuff. So um, last week, Sunday, we started a series called Finish Strong. Let me see, who was here last week, Sunday? Okay, not everybody was here. So can I quickly do a recap? You can do the recap with me as well. Uh, The first thing we spoke about, we spoke about stewardship. Remember that? That God is saying that we need to be good stewards. And we spoke about the, the, the story where Jesus speaks about the master that went away and he gave the talents to his servants. Remember that? So the one had one, the other one had two, and the other one had five. And the heading of the scripture says that he gave them each bags. They had bags. And those bags, when you study it, it's equivalent of $25,000, which is a year's salary. Which means that God gave them, every single one started at the same place. And we spoke about what are we doing with the bag that God has given us? What are we doing with what's in the bag? Because if we use what's in the bag, we prepared. What does preparation do? It creates confidence. And confidence produces. Whew, the people are listening. Hallelujah. Yeah? So what we were saying is that God wants us to be prepared in 2023 so that we can go into 2024 with momentum. And maybe when you look back over the last 10 months or 11 months, you might think, you know what, there were some things that I wasn't a good steward in. And the number one thing that God puts in every single one of our bags, he puts time in our bags. Because some people think like, well, you know, the one uh, servant, he got one bag and the other guy got two, so that's a little bit unfair. The other guy got five and that's maybe a little bit unfair. But actually it's not. Because everybody started at one bag. It was what you are going to do with what's in your bag. And that speaks about stewardship. So maybe if you come to this month now, we've got another six weeks or so left in the year, and I want to encourage you to be a good steward with the time that God has given you now. Maybe things didn't work out the way that it should maybe early in the year, some things didn't fall into line the way it's supposed to, but you still have six weeks to say, man, I'm going to be a good steward of the time that God has given me now. Hallelujah. All right, and then um, we spoke about the system. How many of you remember that? 
We spoke about the system. We said, hey, if you can recognize the system, you will be able to beat the system. How does that work? The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, first seek the kingdom. And he says, as you seek the kingdom, all these things will be added unto you. And then when we go to John, uh, Jesus says, he says, in this world, you will have trouble, right? And he says, but I want you to be encouraged because I've overcome the world. Does it make sense? So what he's saying is that there's a system, and in this system, the world system, you will have trouble. And what does he do? He introduces a new system, the system of the kingdom of God. And he says, if you pursue the kingdom of God first, I'm going to add everything else to you. So our point that we made last week was that if you can figure out the system of the kingdom of God, you can beat the system of this world. And as you do that, what are we doing? We're preparing to go into 2024. Does it make sense? All right. So um, I was busy preparing. Okay, what are we going to preach about? What are we going to say today? And yesterday morning, uh, I was with my wife. I came back on Thursday. Friday morning, we were hanging out. And she asked me, what are you going to preach about on Sunday? So I gave her some of the points, and it was good, right? Come on, tell the people it was good. You were like, ah, so good. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you know? Um, so I was ready to come on Sunday and just kind of preach what, you know, what's on my heart. And yesterday morning, it was probably around 6 o'clock, my wife came in the room, and she was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm up. God is speaking to me. And God gave me a completely different message to share with you this morning. So I want to say this, this is a word from God. Let me, let me say that. Let me start with that. This is a word from God. This is not a word from CJ. This is something that God has given me as an instruction to us as a local church. Is that okay? So can you love me through it? Might be a little bit bumpy, but you love me through it, right? Hallelujah. Thank you. So the first thing that God said to me, he said, CJ, whenever we prepare sermons, it's always about the people and about the people's need and what the people want. And I begin to think about it. It's true. There's some preachers here in the house. We want to be able to serve the people. We want to help with the needs of people. So when we prepare things, it's about the people. But what God was saying to me is that it's not always what I want. It's not always what I want. It's what the people want. And I felt the Lord said to me that, if the people can want what I want, then I will give them what they need. Which means it's the principle of the kingdom, that we seek God first. It's all about Him first. It's what He wants. It's not what I want. Amen? And, and He said to me, you know what? I want you to speak about the storehouse. And when I started, like, oh, if I'm going to speak about the storehouse, which means I need to speak about money. Yes, I felt the same way. I was like, oof, that's a tough one, right? But I want to do it, and I want to be obedient this morning to what God wants to do. Is that okay? Come on, is that okay? All right, so some of you maybe this morning, the title's on the screen, Finish Strong. What, is, what does this have to do with finishing strong? For us as a church, as Wavepoint Church, it has everything to do with us finishing strong, setting up momentum as we step into 2024. Amen? So I read it already before, Matthew 6, verse 33, the Bible says, first seek the kingdom. How do we seek the kingdom? We seek the king. The word kingdom is broken up in two words, king and dim. And the word dim comes from a word dominion, which means the king and his dominion. 
Does it make sense? Come on, you got to follow me. Say amen, somebody. All right. Then we go to 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, and the Bible says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. He says, God making his appeal through us, he says, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. How many know what an ambassador is? Ambassador is from another nation, right? If there's an ambassador from the USA uh, here in South Africa, how many know that they don't look to South Africa to provide their needs? Is that right? They don't, they don't phone uh, President Cyril and say, hey, we need money for somebody just to come and cut the grass. They don't phone him and say, hey, we need food here in the embassy, so can you guys please make a plan for us? What do they do? They look to their home country. They look to their home domain. Why? Because their provision comes from there. Does it make sense, guys? Come on, you got to follow me. So, they, so they, 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 their provision comes from the USA to the embassy here. Don't worry, I'm getting somewhere, okay? So if me and you are ambassadors of Christ, we are not Jews, we are not Israelites, how is it that me and you are ambassadors? When we go through the Old Testament, we find something about the Abrams, the covenant that God made with Abram. He says, I'm gonna bless you and I'm through you, I'm gonna bless the nations of the world. And God begins to speak to a Jewish man about what's to come. He speaks about me and you. And then God makes a covenant with Moses, and Moses' covenant is all about what we're going to do to get to God. He gives us this, this, these things, these laws, and you got to do something to get to God. He makes a covenant with David. And then the Bible says that he comes, Jesus steps on the scene, and what happens? By his blood, by drinking his blood and eating his body, he says, I'm bringing a new covenant. And because of what Jesus has done, and we are under him, we receive him as our Lord and Savior, like most of us here this morning, what happens? We come and we are part of the covenant of God, which means that we become representations of the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Which means that when we look at it, our provision doesn't come from South Africa. It doesn't come from the government system. It doesn't come from the world system. It comes from the system of heaven. We look to the king. We, we, we look at the king and what does he do? He provides for us. Amen. Does it, does it make sense? So, so, so we have to understand it so when I go into my next point, it will all kind of come together. So the question I want to ask this morning, if God is saying that he wants me to speak about the storehouse, which is the house of God, this house, how does God get the resources from heaven here on earth? What, what does God do? What system does he put in place? He uses, first of all, you and me. He brings us into the story. He says, I'm gonna use you to get what's in heaven here on earth so that we can advance the kingdom of God here, amen? And one of, those, one of those things that God is saying to us, he says this morning, this is what I want. This is not what I want you to say, I need this. This is what God wants. And where do we find it in Malachi 3, verse 10? The Bible says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. All right, I know it's, I know it's not easy to hear, but just follow with me. He says, bring the whole tithe into the stores that, so, so that there may be food in my house. And he says, now test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. When I read that, what does it sound like? It sounds like a system. I mean, if you know anything about systems and how it works, this sounds like a system. 
And what God is saying is that what I am requiring is for you to be obedient when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your tithing. And, and, and the reason why you, you're faithful in that is saying, hey, I'm going to do what God wants me to do first. Not what the world system wants me to do because the system says, hey, pay your bills, get, your, get the roof over your head, you know, look after this and look after that, and then you go to God. But that's the other way around. What God is saying is I want you to seek my kingdom first and all these things will be added unto you. Amen. So when we go to Nehemiah 10 verse 36, the Bible says, a priest descended from Aaron is to accompany the Levites when they receive the tithes. And the Levites are to bring a tenth of the tithe up to the house of our God, to the storeroom of the treasury. So what does it mean that the storehouse is the house of God? The storehouse is this local church. But if I track back a little bit earlier, I said that we are ambassadors, right? Where, where does the ambassadors find themselves in a nation? They're in the? Come on, let's again. They are in the? Right, so if we are ambassadors of Christ from his kingdom, from his country, from his domain, what happens is the local church is an embassy of that kingdom. Does it make sense? So this is not Natalie's church. This is not CJ's church. This is not our little thing that we're doing here. What are we doing here? We've come and we've established an embassy of the kingdom of God here in Jeffreys Bay. Which means all of us, we are ambassadors of that kingdom. And that kingdom has resource. And that resource needs to come from that kingdom here to Jeffreys Bay. And what does God say? I want to make you part of it. He says, if you bring the tithe, if you're faithful in the tithe, what's going to happen? I will open up the windows of heaven. And I will bless you. I'll pour it out so that why you can be a blessing in my house. And the Bible says so that there may be food in my house. Amen. But I know some of you this morning, you're like, you know, I'm here for the first time. I didn't really come for this. I'm coming for the coffee. You know what I'm saying? Or I need to meet some new people and stuff like that. And now we're talking about money. But can I quickly just release you? Is that okay? Can I release you? Can I, you know, I'm going to release you. All right. So when Malachi chapter 10, when this portion of scripture was written, sorry, uh, 3 verse 10, it wasn't actually for you. If you go down in history when this was written, they didn't write it thinking that in 2023, CJ is going to preach a message and he's going to have to convince the people to tithe to God. Does it make you feel a bit like, okay, I can just relax. This is not for me, right? But this is what I want to drop with you here is that this portion of scripture is only meant for covenant people. Hello? In the Old Testament, when God wrote this, he said, for the people that are in covenant with me, this is a principle, this is a system that I want you guys to apply. And if you apply my system, you will be blessed. Right? So what happens with Jewish people, because they're in covenant with God, whenever their resource comes in, they don't even think about it. 10% already goes to God. Why? Because they understand the system. Does it make sense? They understand God's system. And then I begin to think, okay, if we are, who's, are there any covenant people here in the house? Come on. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a covenant. That's right. We're in covenant with God. Um, I begin to think about if God is speaking about the storehouse, right, which means he's talking about the local church. He's talking about Wavepoint Church, right? And while I was sitting in my bed, I was busy, busy writing and I felt the Lord saying to me, I want you to tell them 
about this storehouse. And I want you to be honest about this storehouse. The Bible says we need to tithe, we need to give our offering. Why? So that there may be food in my house. Amen. So if we had to look at Wavepoint Church as 100%, right? 100% to keep everything going and, and help us to be able to outreach and impact in our community and with, with people and, and, and the, the staff that are here. If we had to look at that entire 100%, for the last year, I'm not even going to go back a year, for the last year, we have not been able to meet that 100%. Think about that. Yet the Bible says we need to give in the house so that there may be food in my house. So what do we do? For us to be able to manage things, we start, we're cutting down on what we do in a community with families. Why? Because we need to keep ourselves in the building. Hello? What we do is we, we're not able to help kids really when it comes to our foundation. Why? Because we're trying to make that 100% work with what we have. And in this first service, I said, I spoke about salaries, and I want my wife to quickly come here, so I don't want to say the wrong thing. Quickly come. Thank you. And then I'm going to continue. Thanks, babe. I only speak when the Holy Spirit's telling me to speak. He's not telling me to speak. But you're not the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Okay. I don't want to speak because already after the first service, you can believe I got challenged by someone. But nevertheless, I'm going to be obedient to the Lord. And now I'm being obedient to my husband. I spoke in the first service. He just said, we cut down on salaries. And immediately I said to him, can you just correct that, please? Because we don't do intentionally do wrong by our staff. That's not how I operate. That's not how I do things. Um, But when we speak about we've cut down on salaries, it's that CJ hasn't received a salary from WavePoint in the time that we've planted WavePoint. So we're not paying him a salary. We're paying our staff, and I get a salary, but up until this point, he hasn't received a salary as a senior pastor of this church. And in the first service, I was challenged, and I said to the church, that is our fault. We made that decision because we want to keep everything else going, but... That's going to change from 2024, and my husband will receive a salary. Not my husband, my pastor will receive a salary um, because we have to keep things in order. God is a God of order, and I can't be receiving a salary. He's not receiving a salary. So we're going to shift that in 2024, and if that means that there's other things in the church that have to take a bit of slack, so be it. But we need to get things in order because I also believe that God can only bless order. And so in the first service, I said, you know, if you've got a problem with pastors getting salaries, come and chat to me afterwards because the Bible says a man is worthy of his wage. And if there's anybody that serves this church, it's CJ. And this is not to blow his trumpet, but I shared that two weeks ago on a Friday, CJ doesn't do meetings on a Friday because believe it or not, he has to rest. He's not supernatural in his body. His body needs to rest. And so... I always say, you're not meeting people on a Friday. Like, unless it's an emergency, you're not doing it. Um, I am that wife. If you don't know me by now, now you do. And that particular Friday, four or five people had asked to see him. And he went to all those meetings and he was running like a ragged 
chicken without a head to get to each meeting. He forgot Joanne at Nina's. It was just a whole big story. And then I said to him, um, but why are you doing these meetings on a Friday? No, these people all needed to see me. And then he, he came back from those meetings. And if anyone has ever counseled someone, it's quite taxing. You can come out quite tired afterwards. He had done back to back. And then he was next door for two hours washing a floor because he was determined that we were going to be in the new kids facility last week. And this again, I'm not saying this to blow my trumpet, but CJ gives everything and more than he should to this ministry. And so we have to make right by correcting that he gets a salary, including everyone else next year. Okay. This wasn't rehearsed. So for all, you know, I can't wait for you all to preach, but you can hear things in the spirit. This wasn't rehearsed. I didn't even know that this was what my husband was preaching. Jordan is testament to, she was at our house yesterday. I went to where he was preparing and I looked over his shoulder to see. I'm like, what are you preaching about? Because I thought you had your message. Don't look at my notes. That's what he said. So I didn't know what he's preaching. All right. So real quick, <clears throat> I want to say this. When it comes to that 100% that I'm saying, and whatever normally is short when it comes to WavePoint, I want you to know that instead of, have anybody ever heard me come to the front and ask for money because we want to pay our bills? Anybody ever heard that? No? Why? Because I've always believed in that because the responsibility is on us, it's on me. We trust God for whatever else comes short. Okay? So with what my wife was saying about salary and all that, I'm not talking about this because I'm struggling and because I'm battling. <laughs> That's, I'm okay. I'm good. All right? God is really looking after me. He's looking after my family. But I think there's a principle that needs to be in place that we want to see God's favor on this house. Amen. And I, I can tell you now, if this was my friend Richard's church and he was the senior pastor here, I will be obedient to God and preach the same word. Why? Not because of him, because of the principle that applies. And when we do that, the system works. The system works. And then I, I, thought, about, I thought about all that and I said, Lord, but, but why, don't we, why don't we see that? Why don't we see it in the church? And what God said to me is that my people don't believe that my system works. They don't really believe that my system works. And, and then I thought, well, I guess we are living in Jeffrey's Bay, isn't it? There's such a massive gap between the poor and the rich. Have you noticed that? There's a massive gap between where people are at with their income. And I thought, Lord, but, you know, there are domestic workers here in Jeffreys Bay. There are people that, that wait tables. And, you know, people at their different places in their life. And now we're talking about being faithful in tithes and being faithful in offerings. How's that going to work? And then the Lord reminded me of about my mom. My mom has been a domestic worker for the last 30, 40 years, pretty much, right? But I've seen how she's been faithful in what God has given her. And because she's trusted the system and knows that the system works, I am a result of that today. So this is not a case of I'm earning this money, this person earns that money, is that God is requiring 10% from all of us. And that could be 10% of one rand, 10% of 100 rand, 10% of 10,000 rand, but the principle starts the same. And when I thought about, because we're living in J-Bay and where the peop what the people are doing, I heard God say to me that my system works anywhere. It works in any, it works with people that don't have, if they apply my system there, it will work. 
if people that are in the middle class, if they apply my system, it will work for them. And people that have resources, that are rich, that have money, if they apply my system as well, it will work for them exactly the same. Amen? Come on, are you still with me? Hallelujah. So, Acts 4 verse 32 says, and all the believers were one in heart and mind. That's what I want for us, church. If you're part of this house, I want us to be in one mind. Is that okay? Come on, can we get into unity about this? We're getting in one mind. He says, no one claimed that any of their possessions was for their own, but they shared everything they had, which means that this church in the book of Acts, they were a generous church. Hello? They were generous with what God gave them. Amen? So my question again that I asked earlier, how does heaven get its resources here? It gets here through you and me when we follow the system of the kingdom of God. Amen? So what I want us to do, I'm not going to take up an offering. That's not what this is for. We're starting to fast from next week's Sunday till the following Sunday. All right? And I want to encourage you. The Bible says, let every man purpose in his heart. Right? After we fast, the reason for that is we want to seek God's face that he give us a word for you and your family for 2024. Remember, we want to finish strong, right? And I want us to come here on the 26th of November, and I want you to purpose something in your heart. I want you to purpose a seed in your heart, right? And we're gonna do a special offering on that Sunday. Is that okay? Is that okay? Again, these are just for covenant people. These are for people that are part of this house, amen? My last scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, from verse six to eight. The Bible says, remember this. It says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. What's so cool about it? It's okay if you're sowing sparingly. It's okay if you sow so generously. Why? Because the principle applies that you will reap sparingly, but you will reap generously as well if you are generous with what you have. He says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. How cool is that? How liberating is that? Not, not somebody telling you what to give, but as you purpose in your heart. And that could be one rand. But because you have purposed it in your heart, God comes and he blesses it. Whether that is 10 cents, 5 cents, but because you have purposed in your heart, he comes and blesses it. He says here that, don't, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Come on, have you ever seen an unhappy giver? Hello? You're like, let me just give my money. People that give, they, that really give, they are cheerful. They're always happy. Amen? It's just me, but okay, that's cool. He says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. There's a system again. God's giving us all these systems. He's giving us all these keys. He's saying that I want the blessing of God. I want to see that if I want to live in the abundance of God, there's a system. There's a system where that comes through. And this is not a case of, well, if I don't give, if I don't sow, God's not going to bless you. No. This is just the principle that God's put in place so that he wants to bless you. Amen? Amen. Last week in closing, I was uh, up in Carolina. And my friend, uh, Han, he, he owns the farm that we were on. And he said to me on Wednesday evening, hey, CJ, do you want to just take a drive with me just to go check out the land? And we drove up into one of this piece of land. It was probably like five five, what's it, hectares or acres or something like that. 
And while we were busy driving through it, I thought that we were going to stay in the bucky and we're just going to look. But we got to this one spot and what he did is he actually got out. And as he got out, I thought, well, I might as well just, I need to get out, <laughs> you know. And he began to speak about what he put in the ground. He began to speak about the seed that he's put in the ground. And what he did was he had so much care. He actually went down on his knees. He looked at the stuff that was starting to bloom. And he actually said, my babies, you're going to grow. You're going to start growing. You're going to grow beautifully. He starts speaking to his land, what he's prepared. Why? Because he had confidence in the system. I said to him, hon, when are you going to have a harvest? And I thought, no, he'll harvest next week because he's got a family and he needs to feed his family. He says to me, no, we're only going to harvest next year, August. I was like, what? Think about it. If you had to give, if you had to sow something now, you're like, I need to get a return now. Why? Because I got to pay my bills. I got to look after my family. And what happens? People run everywhere. They run around. And here this farmer who has a family stands there confidently looking at the field and what he has sown, knowing that come next year, come next year, come what may. The Bible says, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, which means the system works. He believes in the system that God put in place. Therefore, he put something in the ground. And I had such a, almost like a, I wouldn't say compassion, but I just, I felt for him. I, 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 he resonated in me when, how he took care of his seed and how, how positively he spoke about what he's put in the ground. To the point where I said, Han, I got to take your number because I want to check in with you every week about how it's going on the farm. Are things growing? Where are things? What, what's happening? Why? Because he took so much pride in what he has sown. But what's powerful about Han is that he prepared the soil. He couldn't just plant without preparation. And why was that key? Because preparation, what does it bring? Confidence. And confidence produces momentum. And as we're getting ready to get into 24, we are preparing the ground. Hello? We're preparing the ground. We're preparing the ground of our hearts. And as we receive the word of God this morning, what it says, we begin to put some stuff in the ground. We put our seed in the ground. Why? So that we have an expectation knowing that the system will work. Amen? You guys still love me? Come on, you still love me? Hallelujah. This is not a word. This is not, <clears throat> this is not something I prepared. This is something that I felt the Lord put in my heart literally yesterday morning. And I would normally do this, but this morning here in the service, I don't want to make excuses for what I'm preaching this morning. This is a principle of the kingdom of God. And if we are kingdom and covenant people, you will not get offended about this message. You will say, thank you so much for preaching this message. Because if we don't speak about this, like Andre said, we are limiting you. We are limiting you as God's people. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. And there are some things that God has for you and you need to know about it so that you can tap into the system and watch God open the windows of heaven so much that he will bless you. 